0: Hey there, film fans, I'm Jeff.
1: I'm Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye.
0: That's right, and to avoid any lazy negativity, we are making this a drinking game. No (sighs) way. Anytime we say anything negative about a film, you're going to hear this sound. That means that we said something that requires a drink. And we hope that you at home drink along with us as well.
2: So pour yourselves a glass and let's give it up for uh, sharing it with a friend.
1: Hey.
0: Give it it up for... Does Mark Zuckerberg have a a single friend in this planet? I hope not. Um, Before we get into the social network, let's pass it on to John for some... (laughs) There
1: you go.
0: See, people, the game works. Let's pass it on to John for some shout outs.
1: <laughs> All right, the shout outs. We have a beer sponsor, his name is Carlos Barozza. You can find him on Instagram. The handle is, that is cbarozobar2019. That two zero one nine. And if you're digging that music at the beginning and end of every single one of our episodes, it's provided by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein. Go over to soundcloud.com forward slash dash artist and you can download all of this music for free. So hit it up. As always, please rate, review, love, subscribe, like, share, all those things. We are at the love of cinema pod on every platform, except for twitter we're only at the love of cinema there but please hit us up we will get back to you thank you so much jeff what are we doing dude
0: all right so this is part of our series should have seen that by now where we take audience suggestions or friends or family suggestions in this case it was an audience suggestion of a film that they haven't seen and if either of our co-hosts actually this this one was mine yours it was yours okay cool yeah I don't know if anybody has seen I mean anyone this who day, li- anyone who li-
2: thanks to everyone by the way who's listening to this podcast regularly but uh, they sh- they'd know by now that yes I have not yeah, seen yeah. this movie till now. It's the first time we've mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've mentioned it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and it's, we try to keep a lot, we try to keep this series where one of us hasn't seen it. So therefore, two of us are sullied or one of us S- is sullied. And then so you get that experience if you at home have never seen it before or if you have. Um, so in this case, Dave, Dave has never seen The Social Network, <laughs> which was very close to being David Fincher's uh. Oscar. If it weren't for the King's Speech Blast. Uh. Um, we also have some new film discussions that we've had recently. We did The Conjuring devil made me do it we did a quiet place 2 and i'm sure we're gonna have a fast and furious one coming up oh, and all yeah. the other fun things that yeah, are happening we are. <laughs> this summer here in 2020 now stick with us to the end of this episode where we'll give you some suggestions of things that we're doing now but first we have to talk about our featured film here which is the social network directed by david fincher written by By Aaron Sorkin, who won an Academy Award. It is based on the book The Accidental Billionaires by Ben Mesrick, I believe is how you pronounce that name. It was produced by Kevin Spacey and Scott Rudin, so, you know, some stuff with them going on (laughs) recently. But uh, the film lives on, so we're going to talk about it. It is about the founding of Facebook, or specifically the dueling lawsuits about how this guy who created the most brilliant social network Platform system whatever app of all time actually might have stolen the idea and ripped off his best friend to make it which I think is just the perfect way for this fucking addictive (laughs) just (laughs) ruining on democracy platform it's it's the perfect way of founding it I'm sure there are some historical things that are not perfect I read up on a couple that maybe will come up in our conversation about some updates to the uh, story that have come out since thanks to some other recurring lawsuits that happened after this film but let's stick to it Let's get into the IMDb description so that we can talk about this movie. It is as Harvard student Mark Zuckerberg creates the social networking site that would become known as Facebook. He is sued by the twins who claimed he stole their idea, and by the co-founder who was later squeezed out of the business. This all takes place at Harvard between 2003 and 2004, and then, oops, they head to Palo Alto. Already, the end of it. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> um jesse eisenberg was nominated for an oscar for playing mark zuckerberg notoriously didn't try to make his face look as ugly as mark zuckerberg so it was Jesus just Christ. in the costumes and the outfits and the behavior
2: <laughs> andrew garfield oh well, that's not how we rolled your <laughs> academy Award. No,
0: this is about facebook though and, and mark zuckerberg is just rat fucking democracy all over the world so i think it's uh, sorry 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 okay
2: we're gonna stick. No, I'm not. Okay, We're gonna stick to the movie. Yeah. Uh, we
0: just want to d- clear that up. We
1: just wanna- <laughs> yeah.
0: You're right. Touche, touche, yeah, touche. Yeah. That's that's mean. It's it's yeah, I'll it's. Do, I'll do. it's, it's <laughs> I I see inner beauty, which makes him hideous. Okay. Um. So. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry. We have to stick to the film. He's he's brilliant. He's brilliant. He's et cetera. He shouldn't be in control of all the democratic norms that, you know, face countries and, dem- and democracies and election procedures all around the world and what information people can have and can't. But we're talking about the Facebook people. Justin Timberlake is Sean Parker. Rooney Mara. Welcome to the world is Erica Albright in this film. You have uh, the kid from Jurassic Park, all grown up and turns out to be a co-founder of facebook joseph Mazzello as dustin moscowicz and then army hammer as the Winkleby twins with a little help from josh pence who was the body for the winklevoss twins and his face was replaced by army hammer whenever the
2: both of them were in and then dude that that face mapping was fucking flawless too
0: uh yeah i watched the behind the i watched yeah. the backstories of this rashida jones is in this uh and then uh, max mangella those are the big uh, actors that are in this film. But anyway, initial reactions. Dave, you've never seen this film. What was your initial reaction having seen this, which is available well, for streaming on Hulu? I believe. Well, real Go
1: fast, ahead, real fast. Let's just let's do what we, what we usually do. We haven't done too many of these yet. But Dave, let's say let's begin this episode and let's come back to it to find out if you feel like you should have seen it. Why have you never seen this movie by now? What, 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 what made you resist
2: or? Okay. The first, I didn't go and see it at the movies. Uh, I'm not sure why I, I just didn't. Um, but I, I did fire it up on streaming once and I got to the opening scene and the opening scene, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, it helps if you've done about a pound of Coke before the logo pops up to keep up with the fucking dialogue at the start of this thing, because they are just shooting these lines off a mile a minute. And my first impression was like, oh, my God, it's a whole movie like this. I can't fucking mm-hmm. take this right now. And I stopped it. Mm-hmm. And I never went back. And it's fair, it's fair. I now regret it's that. Fair.
0: It's fair. I'm not buzzing <laughs> that either. That's fair. Nice. Yeah.
2: I now regret that. Uh, because, like, if I just got past that, it settles down into, like, what is a really interesting story. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. T- t- right, so- also, don't get me wrong. That opening scene, they're both phenomenal in it. Uh, and it's edited punchly. It's it's there's nothing wrong with the scene. It was just my frame of mind at the time. I was like, I can't, I can't process Sh- this sure, right sure. now. Yeah, I want
1: to I want to ask yeah. you a very specific question about this script a little bit later. Um, but yeah, why don't you kick us off with just continue going with your first impression? I'm just curious and the reason I want to ask you this specifically is because uh Jeff and I, I think soon uh t- together at the same year, you know, when it came out in theaters, and I don't think I reacted quite as uh, positively. I, I thought it was good. Don't get me wrong. I, I thought it was a really good movie, but I don't think I responded mm. as positively to it as Jeff did. And for me, I think I've had an interesting reaction to it on my rewatches over the years. So I'm just curious, what was it like watching it for the first time you know, I mean, in 2021, which was which is years after Facebook was started yeah. versus
2: what when- like I it's to be honest, it's compelling, it's well written, and it's a wholly terrifying mm. story. Mm-hmm. Given what we now know of where this yeah. went and what it's turned into, and the influence that it now has, or like, I guess other social medias have moved up now. It doesn't have quite as much influence as it used to, but it still does that's, that's, have a substantial influence over the world. For sure, and to know, like, like to get an insight into the caliber of the person that built that and how it was built and everything. It's, I, I everyone should watch this again right now. I think so because it's, it's a very interesting thing to watch now, knowing what we know.
1: I could not agree more, dude. And I, I think because, yeah. uh, uh, whenever anything is, I, I don't know if the word timeless isn't mm. might not be the right word for this movie specifically, but regarding mm. what we're speaking about, there is something very poignant that happens as you rewatch this over the ages, and you see what Facebook has become. Aaron Sorkin, uh, kind of famously always tell whenever anyone ask him about why do you why do you approach certain projects? Why did you approach social network? And somebody had sent him the book, and he wasn't sure what he was going to do next, read the book, didn't really—he wasn't active on social media, you know, at that time. Again, this was just a few years after it was really getting going. And uh, he just realized, as he is, you know, he he has a very uh, basic—and I mean that in a positive way—he looks for objectives and obstacles. He looks for um, a very classical way to approach storytelling, and he saw the ingredients. He saw— this crazy, epic mm. story about what this person was doing, the kind of, you know, anti-hero that Mark Zuckerberg is, and the context of just the launch. This movie is just about the beginning of this whole fucking saga. The and it still yeah. has wheels. So I, I couldn't agree with you more, dude. This blew my mind watching it now. I think I watched it three mm. years ago, and, and maybe I mean, uh, maybe once after that before that three-year ago watch. Any time I watch it, it gets more effective. To me because it's still a great
2: movie and you cannot argue like, about
1: the fact that it's made really well yeah
2: it's it's a it's a big challenge like the hero of your story is basically an incel with revenge coding skills and is, yeah, like he no, he yeah. literally co- like posts all these angry posts about a woman online which is so not on at the beginning but not 25 mm. 30 minutes later you find yourself kind of rooting for him
1: yeah the little guy I mean, like he's yeah, the kind of yeah there's his
2: little things and then he like he'll like arc up and it'll do something really cool and they, they really send you on a roller coaster of am I behind this guy or not all right so th- thank you for kicking yeah. that off because now
1: I've I've been waiting I've been so excited to have this conversation with both of you because obviously Dave had never seen it so I wanted that fresh perspective and Jeff I love talking to you about this movie and I hope you'll share it with us what it's been like beer over the ages because you came out hot for this movie and I think you saw something the genius in it before I did and I'm just curious if that has lingered do you think about this movie when you're not watching it has it lasted and held up when you rewatch it what was it like this time
0: yeah Yes, 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 to all of it. You know, and why? And, and, why do you love well, it? So much? Like, what is? Well, yeah, what is it? The more I watch it, the more the potential historical inaccuracies and the potential Aaron Sorkinness of the script, which is in there. Like, we can't pretend like this is, like you know, people are always like, oh, the you know, Robin Williams transforms mm. to to win his Oscar. Like, it's no, you don't, you almost don't even see Robin anymore. And therefore, and Aaron Sorkin wins the, an Oscar for this script, and it's still very Aaron Sorkin, but at the same time, it is decidedly, um it is decidedly pumping these characters up. He's not the main character of his own story in this case. And I think that's definitely that's definitely something that shines through. And the intricacies of all the relationships and the characters are like textbook perfection. The way that I, I almost forgot that I, I've been saying this a lot on episodes where it's like the well- timed character. The well times, like, you don't even realize that the third-build character doesn't come in for an hour, right? TV shows, it's the best. But all of a sudden, in the second season, like, I I was watching Parks and Rec, and I forgot that there's no Adam Scott or uh, Rob Lowe in, like, two seasons. I'm like, oh, my God, they don't come into, like, three or four. I can't even imagine the show without them. In this movie, Sean Parker, who's played by Justin Timberlake, which I almost kind of think, in watching it this time, I was almost seeing, like, a David Fincher, almost like a Kubrickian, like, kind of messing with the head of this star. Mm. Justin Timberlake, he just resonates star, but actor hmm. taking on multi-dimensional impediments and backstory,
2: and his intro was awesome too.
0: At fifty-seven minutes, I wrote it in. He doesn't come in till fifty-seven Holy minutes, shit. and it's almost, wow. and it's yeah. you almost don't fifty. And and I was watching it this time, and it's it it can be exhausting to to your point, Dave. Except you you get sucked in. So, you know, it's same thing with oh, the yeah. same thing with the West Wing. Like, it is fucking flying. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Sean Parker comes in at Dakota Johnson's house. He has Dakota Johnson well before Fifty Shades of Grey. Eds, you see him and there's that intro and it's cutesy. And you're like, OK, so it's Justin. And then just the moment on his face where he's like, huh. I need to meet you and you're like oh my god this guy's about to take over the story so anyway well I, I would say the thing that i that i noticed the most about this is that i cared less about the historicalness of it and whether or not it was true or accurate or whatever and i cared way more about um just these these characters the relationships and the way they take over the movie and the way that they guide the scripts not
1: the other way around couldn't agree more dave i wanted to Je- jeff you kind of touched on it which is perfect i wanted to ask you uh dave anyone who is listening to our oscars stuff We all really enjoyed Trial of Chicago 7. And one thing I know I arrived Mm -hmm. at personally, I think you guys agreed with me, was that I think Sorkin did kind of disappear into that script as, as a screenplay writer. He directed it as well, which may have had some impact on that. But you're right, dude. This one sounds like a Sorkin script. I'm pretty sure this was the first movie that he wrote after... Was this the first movie he wrote after the end of West Wing? Did he take some time on after that? I'm trying to... No, he wrote uh, Charlie Wilson's War. He did another
0: War. show, right? He did oh, Studio nice.
1: 60, mm. which d- yeah. did not last as long as, as I think anybody wanted it to. And then Charlie Wilson's right. War, which is also really fun. Um, and then Social yeah. Network. Uh, so, did, Dave, was there was the resistance you had maybe... Not that previous time when you started it, but but this time, uh, mind's wise even though you said, uh, I was ready to go, I know I had to watch it for this show, and, and you thought it was compelling... Does his voice get in the way for you at all for this one? Or do you think it is the voice that is necessary to tell this story?
2: Um It's it I feel like his his voice sort of came out at the beginning where it was really punching back and forwards Mm -hmm. in that that very opening scene. Um but again, that opening scene also had a point. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And it it was it like you don't realize what it is until later. But like it the reason it was done like that. And there's there's a lot of stuff where they kind of snap into how they kind of envision how he'd see the world, and how he'd communicate and stuff like that. And the the opening scene is literally a scene on how this guy cannot communicate with this the, in the simplest of interactions. Mm-hmm. And like even with the girl he's dating at the time. So yeah, I, I it didn't it didn't it wasn't very prominent for me except maybe. Maybe just a touch and then it just goes away. I think there's definitely... So, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like it... I think there's definitely yeah. something about... This is not the
1: first time he had written Geniuses. Anyone who's watched The West Wing, you know, a lot of those people were Mensa, you know, Mensa members and went to grade schools, blah, blah, blah. I think he has a quality to his writing that lends itself to writing these kinds of characters. Uh, I'm trying to be delicate here because I don't mean this to sound offensive at all, but... I think they do a good job. His uh, script and David Fincher of trying to get you inside the head of someone who, who really does see the world that way. Everything is active, so you're always kind of waiting for him to do the next thing. Whether it's a total mess of a shit show and offensive, or it's mm. just uh, creative and he's making, he's writing new code that had never been done before, and yeah, t- you know, changing up the well, title, the whole,
2: the whole speech the whole speech in the lawyer's office about you have the bare minimum of my attention that I need to give you. I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Like that. And I, I respect that a little, I don't respect him in general as a person, but I respect that brain function. Cause yeah. I
1: think there was something, uh, addicting almost like yeah. the begin. this opening scene is kind of like your first big line of, <laughs> Of you know what you know I feel like it's just kind of getting you on that quality I've like, which I've already which mentioned makes coke okay we're, yeah, we're good <laughs> we could talk about coke because honestly I feel like that there's commentary on that right like I feel like David Fincher and probably Aaron Sorkin who has struggled with addiction to cocaine in his life I think they knew that like they whether or not we were talking about the the ridiculous addicting effect of social media in 2007 and 2008 I think they knew and they realized that stylistically we're going to cut it this way. It one Best Editing. We're going to create the tone through the way the characters the speak scarf. to each other that you can't quite keep hmm. up. You're never going to be quite as far ahead of the game as Mark is, which is what makes him so compelling and so terrifying. And I just think the music is the other side of that uh, equation for me because that uh, Nine Inch Nails, Atticus, Finch, and uh, what's the other person's name? Trent, Trent Reznor, Rez- Trent Nine Inch Nails, and Atticus, Finch won... Um, one best score because one, they that was the first score that I think they had written. Uh, and I think that's interesting to bring in alternative sounds into the movie scoring business. But what they did tonally hmm. after you walk away from that first scene and that first song comes in, and that this ambient mood just changes everything, and he walks across that huge wide shot, uh, and the bass note finally drops when he's about to make his terrible move oh, that night.
0: Doo, 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 yeah. doo,
2: doo, and in almost oh, every just, yeah. almost every cut, he's going right to left in the frame as yeah. well.
1: I mean, it's just oh, it just shit. it just yeah, landed perfectly. That. So like totally I, I totally understand what you mean about some maybe somebody wouldn't be ready for that first scene. And you're like, this might, I just don't know if I'm ready to digest this whole movie right now. But if you make it through that first scene and you follow him all the way up to him cracking his first beer before he starts blocking, this movie has you by the gills. You're not going to be able yeah. to unhook. Oh, yeah. It's got you. It's just too old.
2: Hmm. And it, like it, it's, it's self-aware enough to give you a, a bit of a rest after that first scene as well. Yeah. But also, just while we're on that first scene, hats off to Rooney Mara, because yeah. she is one of those actresses that every time you see her on screen, you're like, where have I seen her before? And you have to look <laughs> it up. But she's in like everything. And every single time, it's a completely different person. She really is.
0: Yeah, she's so yeah. And this were, yeah. this was really her breakout because Girl with Dragon Tattoo was obviously the same director right after this. So, um a couple things about so the opening scene I wrote down this time that it's like Shakespeare, but it's actually for modern audiences like Hamilton where they give away the whole story you just don't realize it, which is I think what you said, Dave. They mentioned the buses that's going to come in the next scene taking the girls. They mentioned that he's an asshole. <laughs> they mentioned that he's terrible with women, Final Clubs, um Eduardo, how he made money um the elitism factor you could tell that he's obsessed with elitism whether he admits it or not um they talk about how he's unlikable it's just like they introduce all of that and first things first they rehearsed this so even though fincher they've shot that scene 99 times this very famous thing and they said why don't we just do it one more time let's make it to 100 and david fincher said i don't want to we already got our shots at 99 takes that's true and then um he cut Aaron Sorkin's lines like crazy. So Aaron Sorkin's just the balls, like no other director could have possibly done that. Like you need somebody who is seasoned Mm. like Fincher to be like, we don't need that line. It doesn't get us anywhere. And Aaron Sorkin's like, really? Are you telling me this motherfucker? But about the (laughs) opening going into that next scene, which you all
2: talked about. How narrow the the line down?
0: (laughs) I know, right? But he wrote in the script, Aaron Sorkin, he wrote in like punch in animal house esque party song is what he wanted for the Mark Zuckerberg running home to do the face mash thing. And Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross Thank sent you. him Atticus the Ross, score. Atticus Ross, not Atticus Finch. And they're Atticus like, Ross, what is... sorry
1: about that.
0: <laughs> Attic... Attic... Yes, that's right, he's not a trial <laughs> lawyer. Uh, they sent this score, and Aaron Sorkin was like, what's going on? And he goes, dude, this is not your father's college movie. These are billionaires. Who could, you look at the line in the movie where it's like, I could buy all of the houses on that block and turn them into my ping pong room if I wanted to. This is not Animal House, bro. This is, holy fuck, these kids are taking over the world. And I want, that solace i want that to sink in and so that's why it's like da, 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 six notes and then johnny mentioned the bass the ambient sounds which have been used in film a lot but incorporating it into the score so that way right away after once you get through that you're I like heard. what 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 is about to happen i heard and no matter how many times you see this jeff, film
2: jeff as a as a recent owner of a new soundbar how did you find the soundtrack mix in this
0: did i find it oh yeah. I, I i did like it yes i yeah. i could still use you when, coming into play with the settings but the when surround sound of it was really when fun. they're
2: in the club and it's just like there's a there's a bass track going and but you can still hear every single word of dialogue but that bass is present all around you it's yes. like the mixing is amazing I heard trent reznor yes. tell it's a story perfect. one time where he was like uh
1: yeah so so david david called me and i, I knew him at one point and he said Yo man, I want you to write the score for my next movie. And in my head, I'm like thinking, like, fuck yeah, dude. Seven Bike Club, Zodiac. <laughs> what, what's it about, bro? And he's like, it's about it's about Facebook. And he was like, oh man. <laughs> and he, was like, <laughs> 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 and he was like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Turn but David obviously David bit. talked him into it. And I, I think this is a perfect example. And of course, I, I'm coming mm. to a lot of these movies or trying to at least entertain what the directors were thinking when they approached these stories this movie would not be the movie it is without his vision. Like what if he, somebody had just let Aaron Sorkin have actors say every word and have the animal house types sound. Mm -hmm. And if they had cut it differently and technically um, if they had shot things, you know, no differently. And there's a venture in this movie that I think there's also, I would feel very comfortable telling just people who like David Fincher movies. If you, for some reason you haven't seen this one, I think you're gonna like it as much as his as his other stuff. It's not about serial killers, it's not about you know stuff like that. It's not about the intense counterculture kind of things. Yeah, fuck yeah.
0: Yeah, we got a... Gu- John oh, yeah, gets the yeah. gush before me somehow. No, 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 I, just, I, just, I wow. just feel like there's a... It, you can
1: finish
2: it, up, John. You it, can finish dichotomy, up. <laughs> yeah, that
1: there's so much of him and Aaron Sorkin in this movie. No, you, you are right. And yet uh, it doesn't get in the way for me. I still am mostly sitting back
2: trying to learn about how Mark Zuckerberg started Facebook. It,
1: it really does. It's very simple.
2: Yeah, I mean, to quote something that was going around social media a, a little while back, this is one of those rare cases where you get an entire cast and crew who everybody understood the assignment. Mm, That's good. Every, everybody did their part perfectly. Like the, it was shot beautifully. It was edited amazingly. Like you, you, you get a rest, a little bit of a rest, but you don't really get a rest because they're jumping from present to past. And sometimes those scenes intermingle, like they'll start a line in one and finish line in the other, like that, that sort of thing, or they'll lead up to it and then suddenly cut back. Yeah. And like, it's, it's edited well. It's the, the acting is phenomenal. The direction is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's written well. Like, there, there's nothing wrong. I
0: think if somebody was like a VC, for instance, and they were like looking at this and they said, oh, well, this wouldn't exactly happen that way. So some things were che- cheesed up in cinematic. I think the, 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 the central conceit of this movie, I wrote down, this is what I wrote down as like the central premise that everything dances around. And I was like, I wonder if this is cheesy. Cause yeah, you know, like the things like, I need my CFO to Eduardo when he's clearly fucking Eduardo over, um, just some of the other things like at the Caribbean night, they're showing the Niagara Falls. Like, I don't know if those things would really happen. I don't know if kids at Harvard would know who Bill Gates was in 2004, you know, but- I mean, one of them did The didn't. idea, <laughs> yeah. I, no, I know in the, in the movie they did And So like when, you, when you're watching this movie and you're trying to watch, this is a historical, this is as close to a documentary as you could get. Hmm. But luckily, it's so stylized that that you never really think that. But you are watching this, assuming that everything is 100% accurate. So you do pick those things up. Oh, out. I was not. But ultimately, no, good. Yeah. And you, sh- you shouldn't. But, you know, everybody's different. The, I wrote down, it's the friendless asshole. But, okay, so the friendless person who invented the world's most yeah. popular social platform. The friendless social pioneer is the whole central conceit. And I think he stays true to that
1: the whole time. And I think that's why this works out. Mm. What do you guys think? Yeah, totally agree, dude. It's unsettling. And I, just the, the nuts that I think it took for them to, again, this was based on a book. So I'm sure I've never read that book and it may have had a similar tone and Aaron Sorkin saw the treasure and he just, you know, followed the map. But I do think that to have the nuts in 2007 and eight, when they were making this to say, uh, is they talk about the fact that this guy who is quite a dick who has historically not had very good social, a social life is bad with women started this because he hated the girl so much that broke up with them. And he took it out on all women everywhere is now running the biggest, like socializing group in, in fucking earth. Like there's just the balls to say that this is one of those movies that I think we take for granted. I, I think only people who are comfortable dipping into controversy would have fun tell right now where everybody's supposed to be very socially conscious. Um, but I don't know. I remember this kind of coming out and everybody at that time feeling a little uneasy about how critical they were being of Mark Zuckerberg because all that stuff wasn't in the air yet, hmm. right? We weren't comfortably talking about right. him that way. Yeah. And I think that they saw, they read the crystal ball and I think they have kind of predicted this world we're living in. QAnon shit, if you follow that to the very end, you th- it's yeah. probably, it seems to have possibly, have been started and run by...
0: He let it he let it go. He let it he he clearly could have stopped it if he wanted to. Yeah, he has no, that no. ability and he did. There's
1: there's a whole bunch of crap like that. Uh mm-hmm. let's we haven't talked about this yet. Let me ask you um, guys. I... We haven't mentioned specifically any specific performances necessarily. We're talking about the story in the movie and I think that's always a good sign. We're not even we weren't we weren't even distracted by how amazing somebody was over somebody else. The casting is great and I thought the I thought the performances are so strong and I think Jesse Jesse Eisenberg probably was so good and he did such a good job justifying who that person was Mark Zuckerberg that he kind of got swallowed by the character of Mark Zuckerberg in the sense, like maybe we didn't realize how amazing he was at it because we were just following the story. Do you, did, yeah. did any performances mm-hmm. really, really rock you or do you disagree with me?
2: Uh, I know he, he stood yeah. out for me. He really stood out. Um,
1: this is my first yeah, time I mean, seeing Andrew Tim Garfield. Blake- What'd you think about him?
2: Andrew Garfield was great. He's that out. He was my stand-up. Yeah, when when they hurt him, you hurt.
1: Oh fuck yeah, dude! That confrontation scene. And
2: then he's he's out as well. And it was like sure that's serialized and cheesed up a bit for just to like because it's a that character. But yeah, his his out was very satisfying. Um, like his final yeah. scene. You make me but yeah his his whole the, his whole way through yeah it was it was he was just phenomenal I he was
0: too. So you need somebody to respond because mark zuckerberg isn't going to give you emotion in anything and J- jesse eisenberg yeah. gave you timing and without giving you like visible emotion on his face he did it in timing he did it in like he was able to respond that way which i thought mm. was very effective whenever something was confusing like he took a step back like it was almost like film acting like one hundred and one. Um, but Andrew Garfield, because he had to basically be a straight man, but also be the supporting best friend character at the same time is a really fine line to, to draw. And I thought, even though he's not Brazilian in real life, the way that Eduardo Saverin is, so maybe that particular part didn't age, you know, well into 2021, I, i he's, he's had a career yeah. and it all started from, he had other things that led to this movie, but this was his breakout performance. And I thought, you know, even in rewatching,
1: I heard David Fincher interview, uh, sorkin on the dga director's cut podcast show um for trial of chicago seven this year and david Fincher kind of opened up the interview by just telling sorkin you know my favorite thing about you aaron is that you you approach and tell uh stories about very serious subject matter comedically yeah and i i may have mentioned that once in this podcast already but I, it just, of course, I just went back in time and was just kind of thinking about all, all of everything he's ever done. And, and it's true. It's not that he can't go to, to he can't reach sincere drama w- without any, you know, tongue in the cheek or some, some wit. But I think this, again, this movie, just the blend of their two styles since David Fincher is so good at, at really dark drama. I think it just nails it perfectly. And uh, I think Andrew Garfield's performance is, is exactly what, what I'm talking about. There's some light. Uh, there's some levity and some lightness to him in the beginning the chicken thing the cre- <laughs> don't fish eat the animal. other fish the <laughs> trout the, the marlin <laughs> I mean, you know but i mean
2: it's just so perfect that that it, was damn funny right yeah. it's
1: funny and there's and and jesse's it's, funny but too. like also
2: yeah it's a, it's a horrible thing but it's also necessary to laugh oh, at that yeah. at that point exactly
1: and i think it's necessary to laugh like at, at all to this too because yeah. it might be a little bit you know kind of the big short it might be a little bit too heavy and too heady in some ways for us to follow if we weren't also kind of laughing at these characters. And then it culminates in that wonderful confrontation scene where you're mm. feeling for Andrew Garfield when he gets told by that s- stranger who works for them that he's fucking his shares are cut down to, yeah. to nothing, basically. I'm sure he's still fucking rich. But well, he is because he got he you know. got some yeah.
0: back. So so update on the story. He got yeah he he got it he got uh, yeah
2: at the time it was an undisclosed he amount, was going for but... six
0: hundred million but um they Apparently, in Business Insider in 2012, released an article that said that I guess emails were leaked or hacked during one of the major email leaks. And somehow Mark Zuckerberg. Um, knew that he, he was like the best way to get rid of Eduardo rather than settling with them because then he would have to give up too much was to dilute his shares expect the lawsuit be prepared for it and just eat shit and that he, like so he knew he was going to get sued and he knew he was going to have to settle so he did like the Trumpian thing where you counter sue and you say oh you signed them out of good faith if you were just going to sue me afterwards and some bullshit thing and that just like leads to settlement but apparently him and the Winklevoss actually reopened because he misvalued the stock of Facebook and everything so again the historical accuracy isn't perfect just know that everybody got rich after this i think that's that's the biggest takeaway. right yeah, everybody. yeah
1: the losers got rid. No, even, nobody really Even really what privilege actually means all these harvard fucks got yeah. really even, even in sean parker even yeah. even the losers even, just, uh,
2: <laughs> i just want to bring it back to uh well we're well, on the subject of that the uh the boat race the Brigata, yeah so cool what'd you think of that dude yeah i mean musically it cuts in and then i was like whoa like it's shot unlike anything else in the film yeah uh, because of the way they use the depth of field in there. And it's it just, like, it, at first it made, like, the city pan look like a model. Like, and that's that's a known technique in film. Um, use the, what's called a oh. tilt-shift lens. Um, you can literally, because the lens normally sits perpendicular to the camera plate, but you can actually, in this one, you're able to shift it off angle hmm. so that your depth of field uh will alter depending on, like, what, what angle you, you shift it to. And you can also rotate it. Wow. Technically, yeah, I think he played but, with,
1: he always plays with some fun stuff. Obviously, the facial mapping yeah. is really Poor cool. Poor Josh technology. Pence, man. Josh yeah. Pence did he all did, of um, those
0: workouts and then his face was replaced by army hammers, but he was in the boat. That was him rowing his ass off. Yeah. Josh Pence.
1: Hmm. I mean, they gave him credit. He's credited. Uh, I know. Yeah, sure. He also got the lone ranger. There, there, uh,
2: there was some great use of that tilt shift lens, though, in that, in that sequence just to get that really shallow, like weird, unrealistic oh, yeah. depth of field. And it's it's it kind of it in that technique kind of reminded me of like how narrow for like in like this is obviously Zuckerberg's story, so it was filmed almost like how he'd perceived this race and like it's it's focused right here. Everything else around is just a blur. Nice. Don't care.
0: I, I almost didn't focused even notice right there. that because I was focusing on what they wanted me to, I guess. Also that's that yeah, score. I think they were you, gonna uh, put in a different score, and I think Ross and Finish I mean, were like it was not... or not Ross. It was, Ross yeah. and no, we Resner yeah, were like no, let's have some fun it's with this. Right,
2: my bad. <laughs> I mean, they also they also use the shallow depth of the field because uh, some of the like water level shots were shot on a different river that looked nothing like the other that's ones. That's what so that I, out I assume. Yeah, that's what lot. I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, maybe it was. But that, uh, yeah, that happened too. But like the, the yeah, the look of that was on purpose.
1: As we often discuss uh, when we're talking about Sorkin stuff, out of love because we love him no matter what. I think I think most of us could say that. Uh, Jeff, you have brought up before that the man just cannot get enough of courtroom drama. <laughs> So so uh-huh. so the question is for for the social network just for this script and and the way the movie ended up being cut together do you think that that there was a good balance between the depositions and discoveries and everything that was happening uh legal wise that was intercut in the biopic style telling of of you know this this yeah. birth of of facebook do you think this is a really good balance of it do you think aaron really hit the bullseye or did you feel like man this guy just can't get enough of legal shit
0: no we needed it that's what the, that's what the movie was it was dueling lawsuits so like the whole backstory yeah. thing was really um i actually loved that they didn't introduce the courtroom element of it until i think it's a me can too. you repeat that back to me i, I think yeah. the way they the way they segue in was really really interesting obviously i love the film you know maybe more than the average uh film sorry
2: sorry i just i just thought of the i'm just checking your math
0: yeah exactly (laughs) again again, it's a little cheesy but you know what fuck him he probably did it if he didn't he would do that so go fuck yourself um (laughs) but i know i i it's so necessary because the honestly the best line the lines that stay with me are um yeah i read all about you Uh, Sean oh yeah you know what I read about you Eduardo nothing um and then but a lot of the other big ones are like well your best friend's suing you for a half a billion dollars and like those kinds of like little one-liners that they do in the the courtroom scene Mm. um it's that's that's what it is this whole thing was founded on a lie in a way and I think that it's it's you need the courtroom so is there too much or too little um I I don't know I'm glad they didn't do voiceover (laughs) I'm glad that they didn't say, oh, well, this is the way that I saw the story happen. And, and, you know, so in a way, it kind of seems like, as the audience, like, we're getting played a little bit, and they're just sprinkling little things in at the same time as the depositions happening in that order. You almost don't realize my JFK problem, as you guys know, is that they were withholding important pieces of information that we should have found out earlier, that you can't bring them up in the courtroom, and it's like, why did we skip over this in the narrative we just watched for the past two hours? In this film, I actually thought, they did things in a pretty good way. Like, did they actually find? Did the Winklevi actually find out that um, Facebook is on two continents right after the regatta? Probably not. But at the same right. time, the way they did that, I think, is pretty pretty great. You know what I mean? I think that was pretty cool. So, anyway, I think he, he the moviness of it he pulled off as as well as you possibly could.
2: Yeah, you know, you know, the best thing about all of this is like, Facebook is about to add podcasts. So us discussing the movie about Mark Zuckerberg yeah. is going to turn up well, on to, their uh, service. Li- yeah, apparently Hopefully they they, the they give money to
0: everybody because they want <laughs> They, do you think they we'll get banned? I love an NPR is running a story about how <laughs> Facebook is making an editorial decision where QAnon can stay because of free speech, but um they're taking down any criticism of whatever for like some dumb editorial. Like they, they break their own rules every single day. They rewrite the rules. They're like, well, they they uh you know they broke the rules. And it's like your rules change every other week. We all get the notification saying that your rules just changed. Um, but I they 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 they, they they know. But
2: yeah, for anyone who's for anyone who's listening, uh with there's not a T Rex creeping up on Jeff. He's got so enthused about That's this it. conversation That's exactly he's getting right. the tape. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> if your glass of water is rippling while you listen to this, it's, anyway, yeah, we should no, talk about the film,
0: but Jeff. I think so the story reads I think the story works, man. I think it's I think it's very entertaining, even if it's there's some no, cheesiness and some things. I think, so. I think things. so
1: too. And I think hmm. I think for a screenplay writer like Aaron Sorkin, it's kind of it's, I'm not saying obviously I I praise David Fincher, so I'm not saying a good director shouldn't interpret Aaron Sorkin's scripts. I think that's 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 always going to be required. But I also wouldn't be shocked, I've never read the screenplay, I wouldn't be shocked if a lot of those cuts are written in, you know, like if he was, yep. if he knew exactly how he was structuring this thing, He just, his brain seems to work that way as well. Highly intelligent mm-hmm. person. And I, I'm not, t- I'm telling you, man, that addictive thing, I think it's like every time they cut to each thing, it was like. Rake out another line, like it was just something else that was going to get you pumped to see them talk about it or live it in the next sequence, and uh that that technique gets used in in movies. But this one is is fucking seamless. I'm not gonna lie, to you guys. I was a little. I'm not gonna say I wasn't looking forward to rewatching this, but I think I rewatched it. Like I said, like not too long ago, and this was probably my fourth rewatch, and I wasn't like. Dying to rewatch it as soon as I fucking was five or 10 minutes in, I was like, I goddamn it, I could watch this thing over and over and over again. It is like a drug, Uh, and which I also Mm. think is interesting that they chose to end it in such a different tone. The ending, the ending ending is
0: is, the ending. Honestly, I love the opening scene. I I like the ending more even on this on this rewatch. I, I I why
1: why did it why did it touch you so much this time
0: uh well first of all knowing that he knew that this lawsuit was coming this whole thing like he he diluted those shares with it with his own countersuit ready to go in real life we know that for a fact now um and we know he was he was literally kicking away his friend. Anybody else would had any say, he wanted complete control. If anybody else knows the story of Facebook, he also, um, Dustin Moskowitz, the programmer played by the Jurassic Park Kid, um, has shares of the company, but he gave his voting rights to Mark Zuckerberg, so that Mark Zuckerberg has 51% of the voting rights, even though he only owns, whatever, 20% of the Shit. shares now. Yeah, that he, that's why he could do whatever the fuck he wants. He really can. But it ends with the Beatles' Baby You're a Rich Man, which is a John Lennon song. You know, the ba- this is late Beatles. And it is, like, the opening line is it how does it feel to be one of the beautiful people, basically because we know who you are, you're beautiful, while he's sitting there sulking, friendless. And it's like, why, why does this guy even deserve us talking about him? He's such a piece of shit. And it's like listening to this pumped up Beatles song. And even the Erica Albright thing with the refreshing thing, it's a little cheesy, but at the same time, All these people at home know he's a billionaire and Mm. they wouldn't date him because go fuck him. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. It's just such a good song choice. It's one of my favorite song choices in any movie ever made.
1: I also think that, um, Dave, come at me too, but I I feel like, you know, when we're sitting there and we're like shot listing, we're planning out how, you know, we're going to film something. And sometimes you're using the ingredients that have been used before and you get a little nervous. Like, are we going to pull off a bookend? you know, this movie is cleanly bookended with a woman at the beginning saying you're an asshole and a woman at the end saying mm-hmm. you're not an asshole. The movie, uh, the moment at the beginning is him being left alone. It ends with a woman leaving him alone. And there are these things that, uh, it sometimes it just works because it works. The timing is so well done, the shooting, you know, all the, the filmmaking stuff. But I, I do love that tonally there is a huge difference. So it's like he has those two things going for it. But the way the movie ends with that kind of, there's almost like you're allowed to breathe for the first time and you remove yourself from his story mm. and you get to judge him again for yourself. I think Rashida Jones says, yeah. you're not an asshole, Mark. You're just trying so hard to be. And I would cut that line, though. To, in, in
0: hindsight, that's the only line that I would cut going back 10 years later, because he is an asshole. But go ahead, John. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, I know what you mean, but I feel like the way I've always felt about that, because I was I was very judgmental of him and Facebook and social media when I first saw this, when it came out. And as time goes by, you know, I feel like I've been... In a way, I've been vindicated. In some ways, I've been surprised. It's done some great things. It's done some bad things for us as a society. But I do think as a filmmaking, storytelling, whether just like you said, whether or not it's totally accurate filmmaking and storytelling wise, he gives you a chance at the end uh, to take your breath, to move away from that captivating what's next, what's next feeling and ask yourself, is he? Right. yeah. <laughs> and does it even matter if he's trying or not trying? Is I it even does it even answer. matter yeah. when people choose to be that way? Yeah. And again, we get it just gives you enough opportunity to walk away and start thinking about it for yourself, which I think is the sign of the sign of a great film when you have something to marinate on, some conflict, walking out of the theater. Dave, did you feel any of that at all, or was it weird watching it now, where
2: maybe you have no conflict? I've just gushed you for the second time <laughs> in this John episode. John gets a double gush, <laughs> not
0: me. It's great.
2: I feel. I feel like. I feel like the uh, that bookend that you're talking about only works. Only works if your middle works.
1: Nice. Like you can Hell pull yeah, off a bookend
2: yeah. as long as your middle has substance. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, it, it just loses. Yeah. How its do you get there? And the middle of this definitely. Yeah. The middle of this definitely has substance because you are flipped back and forwards so many times. It's like at one point you're rooting for him. At one point you're rooting for the twins. At one point, like all the way through, you're rooting for Andrew, Andrew Garfield because he just means well. Um. It's it, so you get torn in like different directions the whole way through this thing, your allegiances shift I was like rooting, his. Were you
0: rooting for Sean Parker? Right, I, was, I was rooting for Sean Parker too. I was like, yeah, he invented Napster and he's broke. Let's go, give him some money. I was. Dave, you're right,
1: dude. I know I, I said that about you it's You good. finally get to enjoy your conflict at the end, but you're right, dude. Like, mm. Even though you're captivated throughout this thing, you're, you have conflict throughout because you're very aware, like, God, all these people are antiheroes in a way like yeah. no one is totally good right everyone is kind of taking advantage like of something as, here. as soon as
2: they, as soon as they said oh that's that's sean parker i set up in my seat i'm like oh yeah. shit because i had no idea about that that whole part twist part of it i didn't realize i didn't realize that i Master had no idea in, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah me neither and All next year right, so was bring a big part home. of my
0: life for like a, a full mm. 18 months me, yeah we yeah. should wrap me
1: too dude me too i fucking was obsessed with that uh dave let's bring it home should you have watched this movie by now, or are you happy that you had not seen it until 2021?
2: Both. Cool. Speaking of conflict. I should. I should. <laughs> yeah, I should. I should have watched this movie by now. I should have watched it when it came out because it's a damn good film. But also, I'm kind of glad I waited uh, because it, it now it's like looking back in context. And you, you can see some of the stuff that was obviously like they're portraying it. There was obviously a prediction is based on information they didn't have at the time. And they nailed it.
1: I think I'm just going to throw out my last little two bits. If you're looking for a fun double feature, we talked about this documentary earlier this year. I think you should watch the social network and then watch the documentary, the social dilemma, and just, just have a crazy night and think about social
2: media and the crazy negative impacts
1: it's had on our lives.
2: This actually, this, (laughs) this actually really made me want to watch the WeWork documentary. That WeWork CEO, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Woo. good yeah. shit dude
0: awesome mark zuckerberg don't brag about money while you're being sued for your money that's the one mistake that his lawyer would have been like oh god damn like you can be an asshole but come on don't <laughs> brag about having a lot of money they're suing you for your money yeah. they're gonna ask for more Low <laughs> yeah exactly Low be like i don't know i'm pretty tight these days all right nice guys the social network available now on hulu give it a watch guys give it a watch Give it a watch. Yeah. it's fun. Let us yeah. know what you think. We would love mm. to hear it. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna head into our recommendations of the week and things you've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching?
2: Um, I actually got uh, this week. We had a little bit of a Dragon Night one night. We watched the Dragon um, Night. The new, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I heard Dragon in And it's Netflix. Pride Week
0: this week, so I was like, Dragon. Yeah, no, no, it was okay, Dragon. Dragon. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. There was yeah. We. RuPaul's not no. even on at the moment, is it? Yeah, I think we good. would know Dave. Uh, I think actually, Jeff I think would tell us about stars? it. If yeah, they, <laughs> are, yeah. they are doing yeah,
1: yeah. all
0: stars soon. Very good. Also, everywhere around your apartment okay, right great. now is a RuPaul like, episode. True story.
1: Right True story.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh it's already started <laughs> here in New York. I can tell you that. Right. Um, yeah. The uh we this film called Wish Dragon. And it's an entirely um Asian cast. And it's basically almost like a an asian version of the aladdin storyline uh where he finds a magic teapot and it gives him a, a wish oh, dragon. it's a cg animated um film oh cool and it is so good nice it is so fucking good it's cute it's fun it's john cho's amazing in it he does does the voice of the dragon and it's 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 almost like not even kidding john cho's robin williams moment oh it's Dude. it's so good
0: where can you find it where is it streaming
2: uh that that one is on netflix very good, dude. I'm going to yeah. check
1: that out. It's on my queue. I watched, um, I'm still going with Peaky Blinders. I'm, I'm up through season four, but I also got to watch this really fun. It's a BBC miniseries called Time, written by Jimmy McGovern, directed by Lewis Arnold, starring Sean Bean and Stephen Graham. It's three episodes, three hour long episodes about a, a prison sentence. And half of it's
2: uh, is Cliff, is Cliff Richard in it. Uh, I don't know. I don't. No, that, that's, a, that's a joke for our older listeners. Okay. okay. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, that was really good. I don't know when it's going to be over there in, in the States. It's still just BBC production, so I'm sure somebody will buy it and distribute it soon. But um, that was really excellent, kind of a modern-day prison tale. One perspective is somebody who's sentenced, and one perspective is somebody who works in the prison, and it's just kind of them dissolving into each other. It, it was really excellent. Their acting is nice. top-notch. Those guys fucking crushed it. Jeff, what hmm. what'd would you, would you watch?
0: Um, I started Ted Lasso. Finally. I, uh, oh, is it
1: great? Is it great? It was Jack, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, Jack D, it, Jack it's, Daniel? <laughs> it, it's
0: it's it's re- it's really good. I was worried about the first episode and all of the previews because it was like the soccer coach who didn't know that there were two halves in soccer. And, you know, those kind of jokes where I was like, OK, is this Talladega Nights or not? You know what I mean? Like, come on. But what's the world that we live in? Once you, I, I really think episodes two, three, like you just fall in love with them, and it's still it's funny and it's it's really good. Yeah, I'm really in. I've only seen a couple episodes, but it's it's really good stuff.
1: You guys following the Euros? Anybody got a pull in? Go Denmark. Denmark, Denmark uh, got a team.
0: Uh, I forget. If Portugal just lost today. <laughs> nope. um, I know France is probably gonna win but nah I, I don't have a team what about you well, over here in
1: england of course of course england as well but denmark what a story it's fun it's fun to They're, watch yeah anyway, ericsson curious, their captain yeah, that,
0: yeah. yeah. um okay friends we are going to see you midweek to talk about reservoir dogs which is the second Ooh. entry of our should have seen that by now a series which was recommended by our good friend of the pod so stick find us in the feed Find Reservoir Dogs. We recently talked about Parasite, Citizen Kane, Singing in the Rain, In the Heights. So many good films. Like, subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you again.